Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome into Poke the Bear, episode 172, presented by our good friends over at FanDuel. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, usually, obviously, uh, we, you and I do a Poke the Bear now at the end of the week, but this week, we're switching things up a bit. Poke the Bear at the beginning of the week, uh, and I know you and I did a Bruins beat yesterday on Monday. Um, but we're going to do some bigger picture things. Yes, yeah, keeping it rolling. Bigger, oh, we're keeping it rolling. The bigger picture stuff. Because uh, obviously tonight, Tuesday, the Bruins take on the Blackhawks to end this road trip. And I saw somewhere on Twitter that the Bruins are flying home after the Chicago game, getting in at 3 a.m. And then they play Thursday. So, oof. That is a rough travel schedule. Yeah, uh, nothing okay. like a little red-eye flight and arriving at uh, 3 in the morning. Hopefully some, some stuff is open at, 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 uh, at the airport for them. You know, grab a quick bite in the morning. Dunks has got to be open, right, at 3 a.m.? Like, as, as long as they don't go to Wahlburgers, right? That's the most important thing. Yeah, Wahlburgers at 3 a.m. I imagine that would hit as bad as you think it would. Yes. Um, anyways, uh, you know you and I are all about surprises. So to start, we're going to talk, what are the biggest, the top surprises for the Bruins this year? The, the, the storylines, the players, maybe the team itself uh, that has surprised the most. So Connor, I will let you go first. What is your biggest surprise so far this year? Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll start with the obvious one, right? Which is Matthew Patra, who, again, I, I think expectations maybe were high on him after a really strong preseason, but... It's one thing to do it in the preseason when maybe half or a quarter of the roster is a bunch of other guys in the AHL or other younger prospects. It's another thing to do it against a full NHL roster and especially night in and night out. As you said, with the schedule that the, the Bruins have, like it's a lot, especially for even a younger player, even maybe someone who played, you know, 70, 80 games in the OHL. That being said, you're not playing against NHL competition. You're going from one spot in Ontario to the other or what had one spot in Quebec to the other different thing entirely when it's night in and night out across the U S and Canada. So I think it's only fair to expect. And I think it's what we've talked about with Potter all year long, even before he took off in the preseason, like set reasonable expectations. But as we said, I think uh, on our last taping of Bruins beat uh, every time 
Quadra gets put in a spot where he's either challenged or it seems like he's hit a wall. He bursts right through it. He's like the Kool-Aid man. Just <laughs> <laughs> right through it. Proves a lot of people wrong. Makes just, a mess. This, oh, yeah. You know, drywall just comes right in the, This drywall in the, in the fruit punch. No one can drink it now. Keeps on doing it. Um, a real menace out there. So uh, I think that's one that definitely makes a you know, stands out for me at least. And it's got to be the obvious one. And it's a great surprise for the Bruins to have because it changes. I don't know if it changes the whole complexion of the, the season or your projections, but what a guy like him can provide in terms of being a guy that is driving play right now. I mean, he's second or he's tied with Pasternak for the most high danger chances uh, at five on five play. Like he's already proving to be a difference maker and they're really going at least. And if he's in that spot, not only are you the Bruins boosted by the fact that you have a potential, you know, top six, middle six guy for the future, but he's impacting the game right now. And, and that domino effect of where he can slot other guys is monumental for this team. Cause you know, talk about things that haven't been surprises, defense, goaltending have been great. The biggest question mark has been, what are you going to get up front and Patra, you know, driving play in that middle six spot out of the gate has been a godsend for them so far. Yeah, maybe this whole time, you know, you and I have been, you know, some people have been saying Bergeron, some have said Krejci, you've said Braden Point. Maybe he's just the freaking Kool-Aid man. He's the Kool-Aid man. That's it. It's that simple. He's just the Kool-Aid man, which I guess I can get on board with that. The Kool-Aid man always was going to be the number one center uh, of the future for the Bruins. It's interesting because I think since, you know, include training camp, Potter's been the biggest surprise anywhere. With the Bruins, like I don't think anything comes close. But has he surprised you as much since the start of the regular season? Because it's funny, like obviously there was that game against San Jose that was, you know, sort of forgettable for him. Built on a little in, against the Kings, uh, gets an assist against Chicago, um, and has been impactful. But has he been the like? I, I still think it's been surprising. I still think you even look at like An- the Anaheim game. It's a back to back. Third, not a third game in California, like that'd be an easy one to kind of just, you know, uh, Sunday night game in Anaheim, like yeah, in outburger waiting for us afterwards, you know, exactly. Yeah. Didn't look like when he played though, right? Guy was no, it didn't. Uh, danger ice, like he's doing all these little things that maybe you take for granted or you don't stand out because I think the the playmaking poise, all those things, is what his ability to. Um, you know, avoid contact, avoid getting really smashed into the boards is impressive. And it's noticeable even to someone who's maybe not watching a lot of hockey or not watching a lot of his game, but it's the other stuff that he can't teach, right? Like how he is, you know, uh, skating without the puck. I think it was uh, Jack Hahn did a, a, a thing. He does a really good job of doing some breakdowns and analytics about how like he reminds him of Bergeron. Again, the the comparisons are coming there. I think he's building some, uh, momentum, but of just how good he is without the puck on his stick of just making reads, putting himself in spots, um, disrupting the other team's breakout, and then just like his willingness to get into great AIs. He's not the biggest guy, but he just does those little things, whether it's planting himself down low instead of maybe cutting to the outside for a pass, he's cutting inside and kind of causing the defense to collapse on himself. Like he's just doing these little things that even if it's not leading to a goal or even a high danger chance. You keep you keep it up. You do it shift after shift, and good things are going to happen. I think that's what's really impressed me about him so far. Is listen, nineteen, he's got to put on a lot more weight. We all know these things. Every younger player has that, and every young player has that instinct to to drive to the net in those in those spots and to consistently do the little things right. You know, you can score goals and you can 
get some assists here and there, but not be a high IQ player. I mean, that really is what separates top six guys from bottom six guys. And, you know, I think if there were games that the little things didn't shine through with Patra, you know, I think, well, you know, whatever. But he's done it pretty much every game. And I think, you know, three points in five games, you know, just look pat the points. The points are fine. There are guys on the team that have much lower bits of production, which we'll get to in a bit. Uh, But again, I think it's that attention to detail that works with him. And I know it's not always the most interesting thing to talk about. People want to talk about goals and assists and points and highlight real goals. And I get it right. That's that's what's more fun. I understand that. But for a top six center of the future, for a guy that you hope can step into the roles of a Bergeron and a Krejci and be that way for the next 10 to 11 to 12 years, maybe, you need him to be doing those little things right. And to be a Bruins center on this Bruins team with their culture and everything, that's what you need. And so far, that's what you've gotten. No guarantee it continues. No guarantee it lasts forever. But if a 19-year-old is doing these types of things, as you said, cutting to the net, just doing those little things right, it's a very good sign because usually those guys don't just, you know, get dumber. It's not like they just stop doing those things. You know, it's the guys that don't have those things at that age. And the Bruins have, have had plenty of those kinds of prospects. So, um, yes, Potra has been a, a surprise for sure. Uh, I will say I'm between this two. I'm between. I'll start with Morgan Geeky. Yeah. Uh, surprising guy. I know last time we spoke about him. Uh, I kind of was like, I'm not fully in the geek squad yet. Uh, and it remains to be seen if he's a long-term answer there in the top six. But so far, I've liked his production. I like his ability, uh, you know, what he does for Patra and the defensive zone and kind of helping him out. And, and and um, you know, kind of he's a bigger body, slower, obviously, but uh, still finds his way to grade A ice. So I've liked Geeky so far. I've liked what you gotten out of him. Uh, got his first goal the other night. Um, he's assisted on some plays. He's, you know, created plays. So, uh, you know, am I blown away like uh, with with Patra? No, but I still I would put that as a surprise so far of, hey, he's he's produced. He looked good with Frederick. Like, I don't know. I think you have I you were onto something over the summer with that. You were the first one that I saw. Squad, on. baby. Big, big brain, big brain stuff saying, hey, look, I think this guy's got a little potentially a lot more to give. Uh, what have you thought of him? Yeah, I think he's been really solid. Again, he's not the flashiest guy. And as you said, like, I think you look at just how he produced last year, averaging, what was it, less than 11 minutes a game. Like, there's room for him to grow. Again, not to say that this is a guy that is going to have a a Zaka-like rise, right, and being like a 30-point 30, 30 guy to a 55-point guy. But if he can give you 40 points, and I think you see um, – in his game, like his motor is really good. He's six three, not like the most imposing guy, but like almost kind of like a guy like Beecher. When you're that size, and you can move that well. You have that motor. You you can close in on guys, make things happen. Um, he's doing just a lot of the little things that I think he's becoming more of a a trusted guy for Jim Montgomery. I think the last game against Anaheim, I think he had just a hair under 19 minutes of ice time. Like again, like he's maybe not a top six fixture, but. He- he can be a very, very important middle six guy for your team. And if he's sticking with Patra, like it's the best of both worlds for the Bruins, right? Where you have Patra, you know, having a reliable teammate to build some chemistry with, but you're also getting a guy that you view as someone that can give more and help out your five on five offense, getting him into a role as well. I think the Bruins are what outscored teams four to one in Patra and Geeky's ice time together. It's almost 60 minutes now. So, um, so far, 
so good for what you've seen from those guys. And again, I'm not expecting Potro to be a top six stalwart. I don't know. Like, you know, he skated with Marshan in one of these games. I don't know if he's a top six or a top top line guy, but looking for a guy that has more room to grow and you have him signed to a really affordable deal this year and next. It's a lot to like what you've seen from him so far. Do you mean Geeky or Patra? Uh, Geeky. Oh, you said Patra. I was like, you oh, think Patra's a yeah. top six guy? I was like, what? Yeah. Um, so I, just to, I was like, wait, did I miss something? Um, yeah, Geeky, again, just has worked out. I mean, it's clearly a good value signing. I think that's been um, a good thing. What's another surprise from you? Uh, I'm going to go with Frederick. I think we've talked about this before that we've been, uh, you know, curious about what like his his ceiling is. You know, he had a really strong year last year, breakout year. Was that, uh, you know, a sign of things to come or what more can he can he provide? And I think so far he's kind of answered that call. Um, again, we've mentioned this before. Please keep Charlie Coyle and Trent Frederick together because I don't know what it is. Those guys are fantastic playing uh, on a line together. And it's just every time Frederick's out there, he's impacting the game. Like, I think he's found his identity. He doesn't need to be this fourth line scrapper or anything like that. Like, if he can just play his game, play a simplified style of play, he can do, like, a lot of things really well that, again, it's almost like a guy like Charlie Coyle. Like, he may not be racking up points, but he makes those small winning – he's like Marcus Smart. He makes those small winning plays that can contribute to a win, whether it's uh, winning a puck down low, um, you know, his shots underrated, really good at tipping pucks, you know, knocking in rebounds. Obviously has that physicality. Um, you know, he dropped the gloves on Saturday against uh, against the Kings. Um, great mic'd up moment too. Guy's an absolute lunatic fighting <laughs> – Fighting guys. Um, Who was the Kings defenseman going for? Was he going for Van Riemsdyk? I, I don't remember exactly who exactly it was that the guy was going after. But again, typical Frederick of, of you know, uh, asking for the fight and delivering a, a couple of, you know, heavy hooks there for him. So. And, and you know the Bruins uh, behind the B staff, like yeah. uh, yes. Michael Penhollow. They're like, well, they're like, yes, but they're also like, please don't punch the mic. Please Do don't let a punch hit the mic. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I think you just look at what Frederick can provide. And this is, I think with the Bruins envision when they're, you know, being so patient with them is that his skill set is something that if he hit at the NHL level, a lot of teams covet in terms of being a guy that can give you 15 to 20 goals with that physicality, with a really strong two way game. And it seems like every single time he's just been out there on the ice so far this season, he's making impactful plays. So I think that's a guy that if you can stay in that spot on the third line, him and Coyle, you're in the kind of the same spot you were last year where you have a really strong two-way third line that can really take advantage of whatever matchups they get. And, and I think it even goes back to like right now with Coyle and Patra uh, on the second and third, centering the second and third lines. It feels like they're interchangeable, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not – I don't think there's a clear second or third line. If, I mean, even the Bruins tweeted out the rushes today and the Coyle line with Frederick and Van Riemsdyk was second. Um, I, one little surprise, I'll go with uh, Van Riemsdyk. Yeah. At three goals in five games. I know you know goals have been hard, sort of hard to come by. I think are all of those all of those are power play goals, right? Um, if I'm not mistaken, I might maybe I'm forgetting one or something. But I just think in front of the net, he's provided something for you on the power play, um, which is not really a surprise. We sort of expected it, but it's worked out. He's converting on those chances. I think that's something. Another thing. Do you have more surprises? Because I have one more. Uh, you can go for another one, please. I'll go for one more. I'll say Omar and Swayman. And I know people are like, what? But to, 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 to pick up where they left off last year, pretty much just like 
boom, right to the next year. And then Olmark is at the level he's at. Now, again, they have not played the greatest of teams, right? We all agree. This is, you know, 5-0 and against teams that are in the bottom half of the league, except for the Kings. That's uh, The Kings are a good team. They're going to be in the playoffs most likely um, come next spring. But, I mean, just stylistically, they look good. They look good. I, I had a little. I was a little shaky about Olmark against the Blackhawks in Game One, but since then he's been good, uh, and Swayman's been terrific. So I just think the fact that they've completely picked up where they left off, start this year on a high note. Um, I was worried, and I guess I still kind of am, of a regression of Olmark. But I mean, through five games, there hasn't been yet. So can't hate that. Can't hate that at all. Um, anyways, Connor, before we get to the rest of our show, quick word, a quick word from our sponsor. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. And frankly, that's the best part about FanDuel is that you can bet on anything. You want to bet on how many touchdowns Mac Jones is going to throw this year? Be my guest. Maybe how many wins the Bruins are going to have in 2023-24. Go for it. You can really do it all. So bet now on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in mass. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Hope is here. Go to gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. Go to gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. So, uh, Connor, I have a funny story. Uh, Tuesday night, big night, Frozen Frenzy on ESPN, the, the, the uh, Red Zone style. It's all 32 teams are in action, right? It's just yes. like mayhem. Um, I'm like curious how flashes. it goes. We're all going to be just like looking at all the different pucks. All, all the, well, they, they like the little uh, the flashing puck from the infamous flashing puck from, from yesteryear. Just keep track of all different games going on at once. You have to. Uh, one of my friends texted me, or my one of my roommates texted me and said, "21 bets tonight for Frozen Fen- uh, Frozen Frenzy. Wish me luck." I'm like, "21? It's incredible." I mean, that is, and he's using Fanduel. He's yeah. using Fanduel, so that's that's what matters most, exactly. thankfully. Um, but I am I'm curious to see how this Frozen Frenzy goes. But also, like, I want to watch the Bruins. Yes, like, I, I I can't. The two TV screens, like when the Patriots come on. We turn red zone off because oftentimes red zone will be ahead of like our Xfinity. Right, yeah. So I'm like, I don't want to have to like go between the TVs, um, but I'm curious to see how the frozen frenzy goes. Uh, our next thing. So we did surprises on one end. That's kind of a positive thing. On the negative end of things, because, you know, we like to keep things balanced around here. Got to have a little positive, got a little negative, a little salt, a little pepper. Uh, who needs to give more? Who has more to give so far? Who's your first pick? I'm going to go more of like a sweeping overall thing, but I'm going to say the offensive generation from the defenseman. Um, mm, that's a good one. I, I think you look at it. I mean, zero goals so far, not to say that they need to be the Hurricanes where it feels like all those like 
four out of their six starting D all have like 10 to 12 goals. Like, I don't think you're expecting that, but um, again, we're talking about a defense that still leads the league in goals against like they're doing their job in terms of what their primary focus is. But I think Jim Montgomery stressed it time and time again, that this team to consistently generate offense, you need a lot of it to come from the blue line, whether it's shots, uh, you know, pushing the puck out. I think they've done a good job of, limiting how much time is spent in their own end and, uh, you know, feeding the puck up to their forwards. But uh, I like to see just maybe a little bit more uh, aggressiveness or maybe just a more shot-ready approach, I would say. Maybe aggressiveness is not good because it feels like a few of their goals against have been the result of maybe jumping up into the play and that being kind of blowing up in their face, which happens. You'll take that if you've got a really good goaltending and defense behind you. But um, maybe just maybe a bit more shot selection you like to see because, again, You've got guys like McAvoy and Lindholm and Grizzlick and uh, a few other players that, and even Shattenkirk, who are really good at getting pucks on net uh, and generating chances there. So as the Bruins try to find more consistent five-on-five production, having a few pucks in from the blue line that can lead to rebounds, second chances, tips, all those things, um, I think can kind of go a long way. So that's one thing I think need a little bit more of from that unit as a whole is uh, five-on-five production from, from from the defenseman. Yeah, I completely agree on that. It's interesting, like, you know, you think back to last year and you had that stacked roster where I think those defensemen felt more free to jump into the rush, you know, be the second and third guy um, on a rush. And I think this year it's just different. You know, no Bergeron, no Krejci, no Hall, no Bertuzzi, even no Orloff. And I think... I'm curious if that's kind of changed their mindset on jumping up into the play. I mean, I remember that Shattenkirk play, I think it was against the Predators, where he jumped in um, and they immediately scored after. You wonder what the impact of that is on kind of all those guys. But yeah, more offense from them. Um, I will go Pavel Zaka. Uh, Pavel Zaka is, you know, defensively has been outstanding. I think he's, you know, as a two-way guy has been great. Uh, You just need the points to come. And, you know, again, uh, we'll get to kind of Marshan and Poshnok stand together in a bit. But uh, I think for the game Tuesday night, he's with Marshan and Poshnok, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so, again, the, the opportunity is there. Uh, we'll see if he takes it. But, um, you know, I I've liked his game away from just producing. I think he's right. been terrific in his own zone. He's been great at breaking up plays in the neutral zone. Something we talked a lot about this offseason of like, you know, the defense is great, but Bergeron was awesome at making sure that plays didn't get through the neutral zone into the defensive zone a lot of the time, and he's been great at that. And I think that's definitely something that has been added to his plate this year, so I understand a little bit of a lack of production, but at some point, you do need to see points. And right now, he's, what, one assist through through five games? So, I mean, again, I have confidence that he will be able to because I think you know, when you're playing as well as he is away from the puck and in your own zone like that, the goals do come like just the hockey gods are like, hey, you're doing the right thing in your own end. We need you a goal and an assist tonight, you know. Um, but yeah, production has to come at some point. Mm-hmm. So what's up next for you? Who do you have? Uh, I don't have too many like because I think I mean, obviously, I guess you're five and oh, but that helps out a little <laughs> bit again. As of this recording, we'll see what they do in Chicago. I think the other one, maybe it's just in terms of just a bit more, is DeBrusque. Again, I think he had a really good bounce back game against Anaheim. Um, I had that short end chance as the primary assist on uh, on Potra's second goal. Um, nice bounce back performance from him after what we've already discussed of his uh, his late arrival and those consequences there, but. Really curious to see how Patra builds that chemistry with him because if he can get rolling with someone like Patra, there's a lot to like. Uh, 
Um, and again, for this team that a lot of intrigue in terms of their, their forward uh, lines and combinations and maybe their ceiling as a whole, but you also just need tangible scoring, tangible production right now. And beyond Marchand and Pasternak, probably your best bet at consistently doing that is a guy that, if he was healthy last year, was on pace for, I think, 36, 37 goals. So need a little bit more from him. Uh, again, I think Sunday was a step in the right direction, but you hope he can continue to build off of that because we know how much a guy like DeBrus can really impact the game when he when he's on and uh, driving to the net um, and impacting the game like that. So hope to see a little bit more of him moving forward after, you know, uh, a really encouraging performance against the Ducks. I agree. I agree with you. I think, you know, there's a little bit more. There's a lot more to give from him, especially just, you know, putting the puck in the back of the net. So, yeah, not a ton. Again, you're 5-0. There shouldn't be a lot um, from 5-0. Obviously, you know, Pasternak's production, Marchand's production, no surprise there. Uh, And those two have been, you know, over and above. Um, uh, I'll give one more. It just came to me. Uh, Marchand's penalties. That's one. That's just one little thing. Like, all right, let's, you know, the la- I thought last game, the, the hit from behind call that he got or the cross check was BS. I thought that was yeah. bogus because he got hit from behind by Vakanine and right before. Um, but just, you know, cleaning up the penalties. Small thing. Nothing yeah. crazy. Um, speaking of Marshan, should they should him and Pasternak stay together? This team needs more five on five offense. Those two certainly know how to do it. Um, should they stay together? I mean, I think for right now, I kind of like how it's set up that way. And I think it all depends on how the rest of the pieces fall in place. Like, I think you know what to expect of Coyle and Frederick together with JVR. I think it's all going to depend on whether or not Patra can stick, which he looks like he can, and whether he can drive play with guys like DeBrusque and, and Gee. Because if you have a guy, a 19-year-old who's holding his own and you're bringing two established NHL players along with him in a – whatever you want to put. Like, I feel like the Coyle and Potter line can be interchangeable as to who's the second or third line, but you've got three uh, lines, a lot of high end talent there, but it's still not going to be nearly as, as uh, seamless as it was last year in terms of uh, offensive generation. I mean, the Bruins had an, a, you know, an abundance of riches last year with how they, they set up their forward court. You had Taylor Hall, hot trophy winner on the third line. Like you had the luxury of splitting up, Pasternak with that usual, you know, crew of him, Marchand and Bergeron this year, it's a little bit tougher. Like you have to, I think, you know, maybe put all your eggs in one basket, at least in the early going with those guys to have kind of that dominant uh, two-way line. And if you're able to get consistent scoring from that group, while you let Potra and Coyle sort their games out and get Zaka going, especially if you have Pasternak with Marchand, I can, I see the reason for doing it. Now ask me in January, how it looks. But I think right now, out of the gate, while you're trying to see where these pieces kind of fall into place, I don't really have an issue with it. Again, you'd like to split up uh, your your top weapons to make it tougher for the opposition, but this isn't the same team as it was last year. You got to do what you have to do to get consistent scoring. I think short term, it's great because you do need that consistent five on five scoring long term. I think, you know, for majority of games and things like that, I would like to see them kind of sprinkled through the rest of the lineup Um, real quick before we go. Does anything happen to Brandon Carlo on Tuesday night uh, for that hit on Taylor Hall? Uh, based on what you hear from all the uh, the Blackhawks after that game, even a guy like Nick Foligno, they were not happy with it. Uh, Taylor Hall is now once again uh, out with that uh, shoulder injury. So uh, definitely something worth monitoring. It's something where, again, 
bit of a tough hit for the Bruins that Milan Lucic isn't going to play in this game because that seems like the ideal situation. As that's not the reason why you bring him back, but it's a hell of a deterrent when you have him out there. So um, definitely something worth watching. Um, this is again a, a young Blackhawks team that has a lot to prove. Is still angered by a lot of veterans who uh, I think try to hold themselves accountable. So could be a busy night for a Frederick or a Lauko or Beecher or what have you. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how that plays out. Cause yeah, Blackhawks made it known uh, from, you know, from the top of the roster down, even to the, the head coach that they were not happy with that hit. So we'll see kind of how that plays out. And you really do not want Brendan Carlo fighting no. uh, with the concussion history. Uh, it is best to keep his gloves on. That yeah. is a terrible idea to let him um, defend himself there. So uh, yeah, curious to see what happens with that, but uh, to keep up with everything, Connor, what can people look forward to from you over at Boston.com and the Boston Globe? Yeah, we're going to have you covered uh, throughout the season, whether it's game reports, features, columns, breakdowns, all that good stuff over at Boston.com. So you can read all of our stuff over there. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. That is Poke the Bear. I'm Evan Marinovsky. That's Connor Ryan. You Poke the Bear listeners. Have a great rest of your week.